Our goal is simple, to help you achieve the dream and vision you first had when you thought about starting a business. We're here to make growing your business less complicated. There are building blocks to build a sustainable business. We promise to seek them out and address them all. The Better Your Business Show starts now. and welcome to the Better Your Business Show. Here we discuss your most important business challenges and provide you with practical solutions to help you better your business. Absolutely. If you're an entrepreneur or mompreneur, papapreneur, any kind of preneur, then you are a go-getter. You're an overachiever. Uh, you have dreams and goals and desires, which you may not have are experts that can sit down with you one-on-one -on -one to give you consultative direction in order to make sure that you reach your goals. <clears throat> I'm having technical issues right now, so hopefully you all can hear me. I'm not sure you can. Fine, okay, yeah. awesome. Um, when small businesses start out and, and businesses start growing, one thing that they're never handed is uh, a manual, a guide that walks them step-by-step step through the process of building a sustainable company. And because of that, many of the businesses fail, according to the Small Business Administration. Since 1990, 76% of businesses fail once they start up. Our goal with bringing this show is to bring you the insights so we can break down these building blocks so that you can walk away with actionable data to help you build a sustainable business. That's right. So whether you are joining us live or watching the replay, make sure you take your free business assessment at Pillar5.com and join us live in our virtual studio where we can address your comments and concerns throughout the show. Right. Absolutely. I'm super duper excited about today's show. Um, Me just too. started and I was kind of blown away. Uh, we have uh, Jamal and Nicholas Threckle. They are actually going to help us today do a deep dive uh, into today's topic. And what is today's topic, by the way, Natalie? Frozen. Today's top <laughs> money. So why determining the amount of capital needed yeah, to get a business going as simple as two plus two and why we need to get it right or not have sustainability in our business, right? Risk losing our business. So that's today's topic. Just because you froze, can you say it again? What today's topic is? The amount of capital needed to get a business going is not as simple as two plus two. And entrepreneurs, we need to get it right or face doom in our business, face losing our business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So, yeah, let's jump right into this. Uh, uh, and, and I want to leave the pack with this conversation. Um, when Tehran and I started I Do Systems back in 2016, uh, like, it seems like forever, long time ago. Um, we didn't have a boatload of money sitting in our bank accounts. And one of the first things we realized when we started our business was that we were trying to build a software and we knew nothing about programming. We couldn't write code. We didn't have platforms. Yeah, I went to school for technology, but it was business technology, whole different world. And so trying to build a software company without having the wherewithal to build software, well, you can see the problem and the dilemma immediately. So we had to go find someone to build software. And if anyone out there is listening and you're trying to build software, I can guarantee you when Mark Cuban tells you $250,000 won't last you three months in building a tech company, he is dead on. 
um, we've actually talked to our programmers since developing our program and asked how many billable hours, you know, did they put into building our software? And the answer came back somewhere between two and a half and $3 million. Well, then most people would think, look at Tehran and I and go, well, wow, y'all have some money. You guys put up a lot of money. <laughs> no, we we were smart. We we partnered with people. We used sweat equity and the passion of what we were doing and aligned it with their passions. And therefore, they became partners. And therefore, we wrote a check for zero dollars to build a two and a half million dollar program. And so funding doesn't always necessarily mean that you have to go get money. It just means you have to be strategic. And this is why I'm so uh, uh, excited about having the guests that we have on today, because they're going to talk to it from different angles. And and Natalie, what was your experience when you started your business? Did you have, you know, a trust fund or gold bars hidden under your bed? <laughs> yes, I'm a trust fund, baby. No, I okay. wish. Right? No. <laughs> yeah, that would have been great. Um, no, I mean, same as you, you know, entrepreneurship really is about leverage community, you know, who you know. And that's one of the things that I love about just even our show in general, as we're uh, giving all this information out to the masses. I think one of the things that makes a successful entrepreneur is being resourceful, right? And learning how to think. We've gotten into a society that doesn't really think anymore, even think for themselves or even look at things from different perspectives. We just tend to follow the masses. And the reality is, is there's just so much opportunity. It's mind blowing to me how much opportunity there is and how many resources there are out there. But it just comes back to us being aware of what they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, real quick and you know, timing in, like when we started this whole, uh, I do systems and the software development, building the team. Man, I tell you, uh, I'm, I'm a strong advocate. I am of the opinion that the only thing you can't do is what you won't do. Anything is doable. There's there's nobody out there with a different strand of DNA, well, not yet or whatever, that's doing stuff differently than you. <clears throat> they're just focused. They have a different circle of influence around them. Um, they're not scared to fail forward. You know, so, you know, I, I, I appreciate failure. I've dropped more balls than Times Square. I mean, everything. I mean, things that mattered, man. I mean husbandry when i was younger horrible job fatherhood horrible job sibling a community member none of the things that we should be doing if we're operating at our highest potential so when you say well what can i if I, if me and my highest potential go out on an agenda to fulfill my passion to to arrive at my destination of what i consider valuable and if i rely just on me if that's sincere then you're definitely going to come back with not just the bag, but the material made to make a bag for somebody else. So the the power in having, like you said, Natalie, a network of people around you, basing and leveraging community, um, knowing what you know and knowing that you don't know what you don't know and seeking out experts to actually help you to implement those things you can. I had no idea what it would take, but five years later, after we started the I do systems, uh, company and the software. I had no idea what this would take, um, but I knew I was going to do whatever it took. I knew no more balls are going to drop from now on. And definitely after I pass form, those that come after me, it would be criminal for them to have to figure it out again. This is, yeah. this is, this is mandatorily the way it just should be. Somebody has to sacrifice. If you want to call it sacrifice or invest your life for the sake of anybody else coming behind you and those next to you and around you that's aspiring for the same thing. The catalyst. Yeah, 
Well, awesome. Well, I think we should just go ahead and bring in these two geniuses and have them uh, share their insights yeah. on this subject. We have a lot to talk about, and we're going to try to wrap a lot of this up in 50, the next 52 minutes. So let's go. Let's get it. Awesome. So um, we have Nick Threlkeld and Jamal here with us this morning and a super excited um, cousins. They're cousins, right? Hence the, the same last name. But um, there's a lot of wisdom in the house today, and I, I, I am glad that you brought them out right away, Carlton, so that we could really just dive into it. But so Nick has uh, been in the credit repair industry, well, both of them, almost two decades now in the financial sector all around, which I appreciate having the different perspectives because we all know that finance isn't a one lane thing, right? There's so many moving parts to it. But Flawless Credit Solutions, Nick, you're a motivational speaker, a TEDx speaker. Uh, you're on the, uh, you have a nonprofit that you're treasurer of. Um, just lots of great stuff. Black Chamber of Commerce, Jamal, founder of Pride Financial. And, you know, what I really appreciate about you both the most, you know, really at the end of the day is you have a vision to make a difference and a heart to serve the community. So gentlemen, thank you for being with us here this morning. We're just thrilled to have you. Wonderful, wonderful. It's a pleasure being here. Thank you for having us, definitely. Super excited. Yeah, well, let's get this started. Let's get the first question started. First of all, and I think Tehran uh, alluded to this when we were sitting back in the studio talking before the show. Nick, and I'll ask both of you, if you would, answer this question in tandem, but Nick, I'll start with you. Why should our audience be listening to you? What 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 makes you qualified to speak on the subject of, you know, figuring out finances and funding for a business? What what qualifies you? I will tell you the thing that um, is definitely, definitely challenging when we're starting businesses is this idea of why should I do something? And so to your question, why should someone listen to me? The thing about it is because I value the efforts that I've put into my career. I value the efforts that I've put into creating a business that's sustainable. And the thing about that is I've been able to do it and I've been able to live success through the journey, not just a destination. And I'm willing to commit myself to ensuring that I grow this community uh, with a heavy background in finance uh, from executive positions to, of course, being on different boards and things of that nature. One of the passions that I have is to be able to connect resources to the community in a way that we can grow together. It's not always about money, but more so about relationship. So one of the things I've been able to do is infuse relationship into this idea of business. And so what I want to convey today are some easy steps that we all can do in creating the formula of success that creates sustainability for us. Um, that's probably the biggest thing I can say is, you know, at the end of the day, don't just trust my words, trust my action, um, trust, trust the plan and the things that I've been able to execute. And if you can benefit from it, then you can find value from it. But I need your experience with that as well. And so I'm looking forward to this interactive um, platform with the guests today to be able to share my knowledge and wherewithal um, to be able to assist however needed. Awesome. Awesome. Jamal, I'll ask you the same. Yeah, um, feeling super excited to be here today. I think uh, when we look at the question of why listen to us, um, from myself personally, uh, I feel like I built everything from the ground up. And I feel like that's where a lot of the business owners need to be met because the first thing you have to do is actually get control of your mindset and build that. And for me, 
there was a long time dream for myself because I had no clue what I wanted to do in life at all when I was coming out of high school until I got into the 11th grade, met a teacher that was teaching us economics. He broke down the stock market, everything else. And around this time, it's the same time Pursuit of Happiness came out. So we got a little bit of that as well. Um, and then went into college. But then even going into college, my mindset wasn't even ready for that. I had to have some setbacks, come back, get my mindset together then and then strive for excellence in other categories, uh, whether it was school, whether it was family, whether it was just complete personal life to get all of that under control. Uh, take a couple economic classes, take a couple finance classes, actually started out in the mailroom at the bank. So I, I felt like I was at the lowest position of the bank um, from where I was, you know, because I, I wasn't the supervisor of the mailroom or anything. I was the, I was literally the dude with the basket. You know, I was the dude with the basket, but I knew where I was going because of where in high school. So I kept that as a, as a flagship and just strove for that. Ended up getting my finance degree from Christian Brothers University, um, worked at the bank for five years, pretty much figured out all of the interworkings because I was at the bottom and I was the mail guy. So I had the keys to every single floor of the bank. I knew every secretary. I, I was able to meet the C-suite people and, and I was just able to build that out. But then I, I even reached that point where most business owners reach, where it's that leap of faith. You're running, you're running, you're running and your feet slow down like the commercials. Or, or like the cartoons and it's now it's time to actually go, you know, and I reached that turned over into a, uh, an internship opportunity that at that time was the top financial internship ended up finishing top 10 in certain categories out of 3000 of those interns. And at a certain point I had to take another leap of faith, which was super scary. And we'll probably come back to that uh, to branch out and have my own uh, <laughs> to have my own financial enterprise to, to help meet people where they were. So I do feel like uh, Nick and I being Memphians, uh, we're, we're, everyone knows Memphis's reputation around the country. And I think it's a certain grit and grind that comes with that. And we want to make sure that we can meet people where they are, understand that grit and grind and what it's going to take to be to be excellent in whatever they're striving for. Awesome. Well said. Yes. Well said. <laughs> Awesome. That just lets me know that we're going to have a, a, a lot of content uh, on the show today. So, you know, if you don't have your notepad, your, whatever you use, your napkin, your your crayon, as Tehran says, whatever you have, start right. taking notes because we're about to get into the business. Uh, uh, so uh, hopefully everyone's able to walk away with some content that can help improve their business at the end of the day. Um, so, again, let's just start off with the topic. Let's just go back to the topic. Business owners are starting out in their business, right? Whether they've been in, and 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 I want to make sure I qualify when I say starting out in their business, right? Until you get to year five, you're still in the starting stage, right? There are five life cycle stages to a business. It's seed, startup, growth, expansion, maturity. Many businesses that Tehran and I have encountered over the last six years, and I'm talking businesses that are making $10 a month to businesses that are making six to $10 million a month. Right. And these businesses took our assessment inside of Pillar5.com and realized that they were still in the seed stage. They would have never thought that they were ready to expand. They were looking for ways mm -hmm. to get to the next step. But they had <clears throat> missed so many steps prior that they realized they had to go back and start making up those steps. Otherwise, obviously, they start having holes in their foundations and a holy foundation is not a solid foundation right and so they have to make sure that they filled in those gaps and so that's our job here on the show is to fill in those gaps so i want to go back to that 
mindset of I'm just starting out or I've been in business for less than five years, less than 10 years. Let's say that since the death rate is 76% in 10 years and I'm needing funding. I need money. I need to get started. Okay. I, I think that's my answer. But the first thing I need to figure out is how much do I need? So uh, uh, Nick, how, how much money does a business owner need to start? That, that is so interesting. When we look at this dynamic of business, um, a lot of times we kind of bifurcate our personal life away from our business life. There are a lot of tangible lessons we've learned in our personal life that also apply in business. So I always tell people, um, understanding that when you're going to have a starting point, you don't have to recreate the wheel. What you need to do is figure out how you can make it go faster. So in regards to what is that dollar amount that's necessary in order to start a business, that foundation, I believe, is not a set dollar amount. I believe that foundation that's necessary, necessary definitely comes from your mindset. You have to be able to have a vision and an understanding of what is it that you truly want to do that you can be passionate for. You know, um, I talk to my business partner all the time and I tell him, I said, what you're willing to do for free, you will do for a million dollars. But what you will do for a million dollars, you may not necessarily do for free. So when it comes to your business, you have to understand it takes a lot of investment. In investment doesn't always mean dollars. It, it means time. It means conversations. It means uh, sleepless nights. It means being able to put in effort. And so one of the things that I would suggest early on from a consultative standpoint is if you are willing to invest work ethic, effort, time into pursuing your passion in a way that you have a vision and you're able to manifest it in conversation to someone else, that will then direct you into a community of resources that can fill the gap of funding, that can fill the gap of maybe technology, that can fill the gap of operations. Because at the end of the day, you have to have a support system in order to function. No one business operates just by itself with one individual. You have to understand that, of course, if you can get that mindset where it needs to be, that foundation needs to be level. And at that point, you can craft the framework that will have the monetary needs, that will have all the other supporting concepts in order to start building your business uh, in pursuit of sustainability. Mm. Wow. Heavy. You know, Nick, would you, would you, one of the things you just said that took that I'm really taking away is when people are saying how much do they need, money isn't necessarily the only way, the only type of capital. Correct. Money isn't the only type of investment, rather. The sweat equity, even when our experiences, the mindset to say, I'm going, I'm willing to learn, do, take the time it takes. I get one shot at this thing. I'm not dropping the ball again. I'm doing whatever's required to make sure this is not only successful, but sustainable. I had no idea the type of capital investment my mind was getting turned into, the channel that my, my internal being was turning into. If that were to be quantified into dollars, it would have been the Absolutely. $2, 3000000 million investment that was required to take. Put it. a B on it. Billion. Talk about it, champion. <laughs> Talk about it, champion. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Definitely. What are your thoughts, Jamal? Yeah, so I do I just jump in? Do I, do I just jump in? Or is like, hey, Jamal, it's your turn. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. Um, I feel like your mindset will actually stop your business before the funding will. And when we look at the overall mindset, first off, you have to be able to get off the couch. And I think that's the hardest thing, especially when you actually find success within your business. 
you're feeling good. You got some people, people calling you. You don't have to call everybody all the time. How do I sustain this? I can't stay on the couch unless you have this excellent team. But then even that team is going to be affected by your mindset because now you're the couch potato. You're the person that's generating the culture. You're the person that set the foundation and the principles that go with this. So I know Nick touched on the passion. I'm going to touch on the principles. And I know Ray Dalio, the hedge fund uh, guru, you know, he's got that book principles out there. And I think it was an awesome read. Um, but he he touched on, you know, having the idea of meritocracy where the best ideas went out, having those set of principles that everyone knows and lives by and understands. And I think it starts with us as the business owners, because if we don't have a clear understanding of that, nobody else under us or, or on our team scratch that we're not going to say under us because I refer to a lot of my um, I can't I, I refer to a lot of my teammates as teammates right? Uh, because I feel like we're only going to go as far as we can go together. And even over the last say year and a half, we've actually found more success because we've had a revamping of understanding what our principles are, what type of efficiencies we need to generate to make these these principles feel a lot more realistic, not only for ourselves, but the people that we we are encountering. Um, so I think with that mindset piece, that's super huge because it's going to it's going to be the part that's going to create that culture that people want to be a part of. And it actually because it, it actually can become more infectious than COVID if you have that right mindset because people want to be a part of a winning team. Mm. Think about this real quick, and I'm going to jump in just to um, extend what you were saying, Jamal. This idea of mindset, uh, walk with me, it, it really establishes the foundation. Every business must have a framework. It must have um, a foundation. If we think about that in literal terms, not just business, just day to day, what we see, if you walk out of your home right now, you're going to see other homes. You're going to see other businesses. One thing that every building has in common is a foundation, not a yep. foundation of sand, not a foundation built on the leaves, but foundation that sent that actually is cemented with concrete. That's very unique because my house looks different from Jamal's house. Jamal's house looks different from Carlton's house. But then at, if we look at that same design, when I go to the mall, if we were to strip the mall all the way down, the one thing that we will see that it was built upon is the foundation. Understanding in business, your mindset is that foundation, which is no different from anyone else's. When we think about an Elon Musk and we think about a Warren Buffett, Warren Buffett, Elon Musk is no different than a Jamal, a Natalie, uh, Tehran, everyone to that, ex at, that extent. The foundation allows us to build whatever framework we want on it. You have to know what vision you have to create the blueprints that you want to build upon, but understanding that we all share the same foundation. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we build teepees and that blow over. But just because your house falls down, the one thing that's always left intact is the foundation. So that mindset is so important. And we have to make sure that that is essential when we start our businesses and we start to develop and craft conversations around how can we get to the next level? The next level is the framework. The next mm -hmm. level is, is, is creating sustainability, but the foundation is the mindset. It's the mm -hmm. vision. It's, it's Absolutely. the thoughts that went into the planning phase of why I'm even undergoing this action. Well, let me yeah, jump that, in right behind. Can I jump in right behind? Oh, him absolutely. Yo, you don't get yeah. asked, just jump. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want other business owners to get caught into the foundation, you know, because even though we're the guest speakers on here as business owners, we're always looking to innovate. How can we get better? How can we get ahead of things? And 
when you look at that foundation, a lot of business owners can actually get caught in building that foundation for too long. You know, like you can have this foundation, but then now you just super foundation. It's stretching over there and it's stretching over there. Like eventually right. you have to go up and you have to get vertical with this thing. <laughs> and it's going to come with that mindset and how you lead your teammates. Because when you have these people, because it, it, it took me a certain point where I was having success. I was feeling good. You know, I was getting like articles or whatever, but at the same time, I was getting tired. I wasn't sharing the ball. I was looking, you know, I was ball hogging, if you will, but I needed to find out how to make my teammates better, how to see what their goals are, how to, okay, you want that car at the end of the year? Let's work and make sure we get there so you can have those personal goals checked off. And that's how you get that vertical lift. But I think the crazy thing about mm -hmm. that vertical lift is that it's, it's almost spiritual. Because when you're doing all this groundwork, you are creating a foundation. But until you start to understand more of that mental piece, you won't be able to get that lift. You know, but once you secure that mental piece, you know, now you're building skyscrapers. You're not even building a teepee. Mm. You know, you, you, you guys are hitting it from all angles and really good information coming out. Um, and I know many people listening to the show right now, they're just loving the content that you all, you all are spooning out on this particular topic, no doubt. But there's still someone sitting there going, okay, I got my mindset right, guys, yep. right? I, I understand that. Where's the money? I, I need <laughs> the money, right? So it, there's still that disconnect, right? There's still that disconnect of when you all are talking about the mindset and they're trying to relate it to, so I thought two plus two didn't equal money. Well, I think that clarity comes out right there that money is part of the mindset if you have your mindset right then you're not seeking money in that way you're mm -hmm. seeking ways to achieve the goal or build the dream or support the foundation and the only reason you need money is to build that foundation if necessary and sometimes yep. like tehran said it's not money it's capital Correct. and the difference could be sweat equity working hard getting partners Absolutely all of this get building a team that's the capital right what they call human capital is that what that would be the right word Absolutely. so if i'm using my own mind to build my own business then that's how much capital i have if i'm using my mind and i'm using all five of us on this show then i have five times more capital to build my business so it doesn't necessarily mean i need a check from the sba or i need a check from the bank or borrow somebody else's money now we're going to go into some of those components and so that they understand how to achieve that if they really need that. But in most cases, and I love when Mark Cuban says this, you don't really need money to build your business. You really don't need it. It's not that money cures all, sales cures all. And so if you can get your sale dynamic down and start generating and moving, as Tehran, how, how do people tell us when we were starting? Get some traction, guys. I'll be happy to write you a $3 million check. Get some traction. Show me you got it. Show me you got the mindset. Show me you know where you're going. Show me that you're prepared and you've thought it all through. Then we'll throw some money at you because it's just like personal credit. A bank doesn't loan you money until you don't need it. When you don't need it, you get all the offers in the world. When you need it, you get zero offers in all the clients. That's just the way the world works. And so we have to think money is not the thing that allows us to start a business. It's a thing to help us support our business later when it's time to scale it. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, can I be first on that one? Go ahead. Yeah. OK. So like just thinking about, um, OK, we, you got the mindset secure. You're good. You're locked in your mama mentality. You're good to go. 
I think one part can uh, one problem can actually uh, come from being too deep into the passion because you have a lot of business owners out here. I mean, you gave us what 76 percent of businesses failed since 1990. But how many of those business owners were truly passionate? I would think maybe all of them, you know, or a high majority were, were super passionate. They're probably giving out discounts and things, not really understanding like the true value of what they bring. But then also, like you know, I shared with y'all earlier, high school was kind of like my generator to even come into and, and pursue this. I was super passionate. I had this one point where I was making okay money, you know, but at the same time, I was super passionate and doing a crap ton for free just because I'm so happy and throwing flowers out everywhere that I wasn't even pro I wasn't even looking to like properly scale the business. So it's like when we when we had to take a step back, like, okay, we're good. We got the mindset. We'll do the work. We're not going to sleep in. But why are we not generating as much as we need? And it came from just look, tweaking a few efficiencies within the practice or even within some of the nonprofits that I'm a part of. That way we can um, scale those, get those dollars that we need and not fall too deep into the passion of just doing everything for free or discounting too much. You know, like that's I think that discounting piece actually hurts a lot of people just because they're too passionate and they don't know how to scale that into dollars. I think that's that's unique. I, I love that, Jamal. And we have to always be thinking scalability. Um, again, if you just build a foundation and never put anything on it, at that point, whatever you're constructing, it's dead. So you have to be able to, like Jamal said, go vertical and put those pieces to the to the to the connect them together. Um, another thing that I wanted to throw throw out um, in this idea of you know, does money matter and how does it really support us? Uh, understanding that it's a support mechanism. It's something that supports the overall design. Um, understand that money comes and goes, but relationships are the things that last forever. So if we understand how to connect with the resources and the community around us, then we allow our connection and our resources to refuel us when we start to run low in one area. We have to be able to utilize our teammates. We cannot hold all of the information. Again, information is free. Learning is free, but it's how you're able to apply that in a way um, that manifests your vision um, so it can come to life. Remember, what you want to do is not get lost in the dream. You want to be able to wake up and have a plan, but then you actually want to be able to execute on it and invite resources in that can help you build that with action items. I have to stress that action items that is so important most businesses feel as though i need to be the best at marketing the best at the technology the best at accounting the best at finance the best at sales the best at everything no what you need to do is be the best at supporting the business and what it needs in its phase and when you can add additional resources to support something that you may not be the expert in you start to build synergy with the business because at the end of the day if you're wearing all the hats you could be the thing that's limiting the business from growing you have mm -hmm. to expand beyond what you thought the conceptualization was even possible to be. Wow. We need you to come talk. You and Jamal come talk on Pillar 5. I'm just saying. Yes. I'm just saying. Because that's our language. Oh, my God. You almost summed <clears throat> up the whole first nine it. episodes of our <laughs> show with the, the team dynamic, the mindset, the building a community, the marketing understanding your pricing strategy, Jamal, so you're not giving away stuff for free. Like yeah. you all touched on all those pieces and I'm sure you haven't seen all of those shows. So that just goes to show you that we are all aligned. There is a group of people 
in this country that are aligned with really building sustainable businesses. And it feels like we're just connecting into that energy and we're just all going to continue riding down this path. Natalie. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. I mean, wow, this has been amazing. We're going to go into a quick break because I just can't wait to get back into it. All right. right. We're with Jamal and Nick Threckle, and we'll see you back in just a second. Go refill your coffee cups. Take a quick uh, uh, break. We'll be back in exactly one minute. man once asked, what if starting a business was like jumping out of a plane? And like 76% of businesses, what if 76% of parachutes failed before you reached the destination? What about those of you who have already jumped? Well, you may still have time to check your business. Pillar5.com, where businesses get it right. All right, we are back, Jamal and Nick Threckheld. For today, we're talking about money, which I love that. We're talking about determining the amount of capital needed to get your business going. And I love, we're also talking about capital doesn't necessarily just mean money, right? So, but let's dive deeper into that. Indeed, indeed. You know, well, I want to jump in real quick and open this up for you guys to continue in. And um, Jamal, you said something that really resonated with me. I remember, I think it was in 2003, 2004, I was introduced into sales, into through telemarketing. I had the same exact mind frame. I was an overachiever. I was a top rep. I was knocking it out the park because I wanted to open up my own call center. So my own reason for going in is I need to know all the different departments, who you have your contracts with, how do you determine what your commissions are going to be, what's your bottom line, how much is the rent for this place, how do you got? Oh, you got to. You have another office over there on the other side of town. So my um, commitment as an employee was because I was traveling through the cash flow quadrant, if you will. Mine, mm-hmm. my my title was employee, but I in my head, I was an intern getting prepared to open my own business. Now mm-hmm. that was my internal way I saw things. That delusion, if you will, that I think is just a requirement if you want to get in this entrepreneurial role. You, you have to be locked into your own reality of this is going to manifest because you, you want it. Um, but the environment around me didn't have didn't share the same ideal. I, I goals. So it was like, OK, we have a place for you to go once you once. So the, the consistency was, can you train people to do what you do? You become a top rep, a top salesperson. Great. And then the owner gives you the keys. Now, the owner doesn't come in until lunch because you're opening mm-hmm. the door. But that was the ceiling. And then that started happening over and over and over. So there was a there was a then that became a norm. So it's like the dream or the goal or the destination can shift 
if we get too caught up in building the foundation. I wanted to become better. I wanted to become better all the time. I wanted to become better. So then it didn't go any further. Um, and I'm going to wrap it up with there was a time around this time um, during about a five year stint of this that I was heavy. Gary V, Les Brown. I mean, hours in the morning, my alarm clocks. And then came a time and I didn't pay attention to it where I wasn't listening to him because as I was listening, I wasn't doing the action. I was getting motivated. I was getting encouraged. But then when that light bulb hit, I couldn't spend 30 minutes listening to somebody telling me about what you need to do. I was too busy doing it. I'm too busy ready to fail at it because I need to change the lanes that I'm in. So, um, yeah, that mind frame and realizing, oh, whoever's doing whatever, I'm just, they just did. They just went through what I'm going through right now. Now it's time to go through the next thing. But it's just that mind frame, you know, so I, I really resonated with that when you mentioned that about the mailroom. Appreciate it. I like that. That that really takes us to a conversation Jamal and I were having um, some odd 15, maybe 20 years ago that we always have. And it's this dynamic um, that we like to talk about, which is the thinker versus the doer. There it is. Thinker versus the doer. Are you a thinker? Are you a doer? If you see a statue, Jamal sent me this, and I still have it. Jamal is actually one of my screensavers in the office. Um, he sent me um, a picture. I'm scared, man. <laughs> and it was a picture of a statue. And the guy, you know, he was like this right here. And people were taking pictures. Um, and it said, the thinker. You know, nice thinking posture, pose. It was very profound. And then you see next to the statue was just a little foundation or a platform to support something to go there like a statue was missing and nobody was around it there were no red ropes keeping you from touching it there were no signs to say you can't you know take a picture um and there were no people around it but the sign in front of it said the doer God. and what that stood for is the thinker will always be in place, will always be in one spot, will always be stagnant to or limited to their own position. But the doer does not have time to wait for the people around them to come and take a picture and say, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, that business will work. Yes, you know what? Let me donate some money to that cause. The doer is going to say, it doesn't matter if you think it's a good idea or not. This is what I'm doing. When people see you operating in your passion, when people see you operating and executing in a design that supports what you want to do, they respect the fact that you value your efforts more than you value someone else's opinion. So don't limit yourself to always saying, you know what, what do you think? You know, is this a good idea? What if I can't get funding? I don't know how to make a website. At the end of the day, what I would suggest to you is just do it anyway. Because you may need someone to say, hey, I saw your website. Did you know if you integrated this, you'll be able to capture this type of flow? Guess what? You're building a community. You're building a network. Now you're setting yourself up to a framework of support that will help you build that, that business the way that you always envision. So that's just something I want to throw out. But I, I, I use that picture a lot, Jamal. Especially. So yeah. thank you for that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you're, you're, right on, you're right on, Nick. I mean, there comes a time when you stop talking about what you're doing. You're too busy doing it. I really resonate with that. It's like I have an 80-20 rule. And trust me, with all of the previous episodes, I'm talking the most right now because you guys are really touching some serious buttons. I have an 80-20 rule. I know there are a lot of 80-20 rules. But to me, when, as you transcend in life, in life, meaning mindset and all that, 80% of the people 
that will be with you as you transcend, you have not met yet. Correct. There are new people in your network. 20% of the people you've known since you were a child will transcend with you. So if you're still hanging around the same people you were when you were 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, there's a high probability that you're not transcending into another state of being. Absolutely. Um, if we want to monetize that, tax bracket, not because you got a different job, because you created a different industry. There's, there's, transcending is just changing, not Absolutely. becoming familiar with what we've, we've seen in certain reference points, but creating new reference points, creating new dynamics, creating new vibrations. And like Carlton said earlier, there's a slew of people, entrepreneurs, not just hustling, but that are actually riding that rhythm. When, you know, when, I like to say when the needle is really in the groove and that record is spinning, then you all you got to do is just ride the rhythm. But back Absolutely. to mindset, you got to get in the mindset. You got to get in the groove. You know, Tehran, you said that there's some people in the groove with us. And in fact, we have two guests in the back of the studio with us um, who have some questions for Jamal and Nick. Uh, and so I'm going to bring the first one out. Uh, Terrence Bryant. Uh, Terrence, come on on. Welcome to the show, Terrence. What's happening, Terrence. guys? Hello, champ. I want to say it's been an amazing show so far. Nick, Jamal, Carlton, Tehran, y'all are doing a great job an exceptional job. Um, listening to that last little bit about um, ab about actually being a thinker or a doer, um, those are two, two categories. I'm the type of person I don't like to be in a box. So what happens when your thinker is a doer too? What does mm -hmm. that look like? How do you use that? How do you leverage that? Uh, more than that, how do you recognize it um, if, if it is always one or the other? Um, Nick, Carlton, Jamal, anybody want yeah. to tackle that question? It's kind of a leading question. Uh, I do have a, a follow-up to it, but I do want to hear what your response is. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll keep you on so you can do that. Uh, Jamal, Nick, anybody wants to answer that? Yeah, I think, um, cause I, I felt like I, I fell into that category. You know, when I sent Nick that, um, that picture, it was like, okay, you got the thinker and the doing originally, I thought I was the thinker. And probably if I sent it to him 15, 16 years ago, I probably was the thinker. But then it's it's almost like, OK, when we go back to Nick's foundation and we talked about being, being in that foundation for too long, that's the thinker staying a thinker. You know, I think it's perfectly fine for a business owner to think because you have to have that strategy behind it as well. But then when do you start to do things? And I think because you can't think for too long. And one player in the NBA that I started to. Uh, watch and relate to my business was Damian Lillard, actually, because you would see him kind of go through the motions of the game for like the first three quarters or so. And then when you get to that fourth quarter, you know, it's time to work. It's time to get things done. It's time to execute. This is where it counts. The whole time we just kind of going, we've been going through the motions, getting ready for this one moment. But now that we're here, now that we're in our season, it's time to execute. And I think that's when it's time to, um, become that doer because we talk about motivation we talk about you know growing and having people grow with you one thing that can actually stop a lot of us is listening to you know certain naysayers that we truly believe in and we trust them so much and they tell us that mm -hmm. this idea is so stupid that you may not even pursue it and that's what a lot of businesses don't even make it to the to the setup stage because somebody killed their idea and that and that that's the thinker the thinker has been thinking all this time how great their idea is and somebody just came and killed it so now we just got a we got something that could have made a huge impact in society that didn't even make it to the front door. 
And what's unique about that, Jamal, and I'll jump in very quickly to answer your question, Terrence, about am I boxed into being a thinker or just a doer? At the end of the day, we understand in business that there's a cycle. There's a cycle when you think. There's a cycle when you do. And so it's this idea that if I have a glass that's full of water and a glass that's empty, I'm going to pour my thoughts into action. Then I'm going to use my actions to create more thought. And so what you end up doing is creating a flow. So I don't want people to feel as though you have to be one way to be successful because success itself is not a destination. It is a journey. So we have to remain fluid in our understanding of self and how our business continue, that can continue to elevate in a way that we're not boxed in. Because the idea about behind business is that we, that we continue to grow. We continue to grow in our mindset. We can continue to grow in our relationships. Tayron talked about that. When we start to transcend, we are opening ourselves up to change, understanding that change is not always bad, but change is good. If I can always predict the outcome of something, maybe I never do it. But it's this idea that, you know what? What if it does become what I always dreamed it to be? What if it's even beyond that? So we have to get into this concept, this understanding that I'm going to think, but I'm also going to do, but understand that I'm going to reassure myself and my thoughts because of my actions. And then I'm disciplined enough to continue to do the things that are healthy to help support my business and sustain it through relationships and connections that I grow along the journey. Awesome. I, I'm glad you I'm glad you said that, Nick. I'm about to back out. Um you guys went exactly where I wanted to go. And I hope that all the uh, viewers recognized what they actually did. They adjusted. Nick aligned himself with a thinker. Jamal aligned himself with a doer. The reality is they play both roles. What you have to do in business to be successful and to get past that 75% is to adjust. If COVID taught us nothing else, it's what you think you know. It's only what you know that day. You have to adjust to the next day and the next day and the next day. Um, so for all the entrepreneurs out, entrepreneurs out there, um, adjust, grow, understand that you don't know everything. Sometimes you got to think, sometimes you got to do, figure out what you need to do in that moment and go ahead and execute. So thank you guys. Thank Love you. Thank, thank, you. thank you for your question, Terrence. We look forward to having you back on the show later on and talk about yeah, your company as well. Yes, All right, we have one more question, Natalie, coming up here, um, and that is from Matthew Gardner. Uh, let's bring Matthew up. All right, hello, champion. Great to see you guys. Great to see you, sir. Hello, hello. Yeah, awesome, awesome show, Nick and Jamal. Learning a lot. I really appreciate uh, your perspectives on life. It's, it sounds like you guys are having a lot of fun while building a really great business. And, and I think that's kind of a preconception for a lot of people is that they go into it thinking that it's more like a, a golf scorecard and it's just about the results. But I love the emphasis, um, on the, on the destination. And my question revolves around, well, my practice, first and foremost, I'm, I'm from Toronto, Canada. Um, I'm the founder of Legacy Coaching Partners, and essentially I work with conscious business owners to create positive influence, purposeful impact, and sustainable income in order to leave a legacy and make the world a better place. So I really appreciate what you guys are saying because it totally aligns with my vision and mission for why I'm here on this planet. But um, around the idea of both thinking and doing, 
obviously someone can be a, a big doer, but it's not necessarily strategic. It's not necessarily backed by common sense. So they can end up wasting a lot of time, wasting a lot of money. And as Tehran was saying in his earlier days, before he was surrounded with great, great people, he was dropping uh, the ball off and in different areas of life. And so what is the importance of uh, a mastermind group surrounding yourself with not necessarily the mentors, but the peers that are making sure that you don't drop the ball, that you have 360 degrees of reflection and feedback in terms of your mindset, in terms of your ideas. What role has that played for you guys? Yeah, I, I guess I could jump in there. Um, so for me, it's been one of those things where you have to protect your thoughts um, within those mastermind groups. Of course, I have a few mentors um, that aren't even in my you know, sector, if you will. Um, but just protecting those thoughts and knowing who you can trust. And that alone helped me big time because probably three years ago, I had someone that I felt like was a strong reference for me to have some thoughts with. And I would feed some ideas and some things would come back and they'd be like, no, nah, I don't think that, you know. But then one specifically was when I started to take my financial planning business and some of the other enterprises virtual. You know, so I started to have like these virtual things and somebody was telling me that that was a horrible idea, you know, and then two years later, Corona hits, you know, and I mean, look what we're doing right now. This is virtual, you know, so if I would have listened to, you know, that one person that would have killed that idea and I wouldn't have been adjusted. But instead, when COVID hit, I was already accustomed to it and I was holding a welcome sign as everyone else caught up. Oh, oh man. Mm. Mm. Oh, that, that is good. I love that, Jamal. I love that being forward thinking. Um, for me, when I think about the power of community, uh, we understand that as communal beings that we are not here by ourselves. So in business and in, in my understanding of who do I keep around me? How do I control my eye gate, my ear gate, um, the things that I surround myself with? with it, it reminds me of an old coffee shop. You know, I'm, I love some Starbucks, but I do love going to an old diner, an old coffee shop diner. And let me tell you why. The reason why is that when you go to an old diner and you sit down at the table and the waitress comes and asks or the waiter, you know, would you like some coffee? I say, yes, let me get some coffee. One of the first things that they put on the table is a saucer. And I always thought that was very unique. And then the next thing that they put in the saucer is a cup, an empty cup. And then they actually take the actual coffee pot itself and then they pour it into the cup to the point that the cup fills up so much that if the waitress or waiter is not prompted to stop pouring, they continue to pour until it overflows. And so for me, it doesn't spill on the table. It overflows into the saucer. So in business, one of the things that I've come to embrace is this idea of who is my saucer? Who, who are the that are around me that when I'm overflowing with ideas, when I'm overflowing with action, when I'm overflowing with intent and vision, who are the people that are around me that's able to catch it in a way that it's not lost? Mm -hmm. Again, the difference between that old school diner and maybe going to a Starbucks is that when you get your coffee from Starbucks, it has a lid on it. It's already capped. When, when you drink enough of it, when it's running empty, you don't even know until it's gone. But understanding that at the old diner, even if I drink enough of that coffee and I get down to the bottom, that community, that waitress, that waiter around me can see into my cup and I don't have to request to get full filled back up. They will come and actually fill me back up again without me having to prompt them. So in this understanding and our, our mindset and how we consume our energy around us, 
understand we have to have a support network that's going to be able to not only catch our vision, catch our action, catch where we're trying to go. That's a way for them to infuse back into us things that we thought we lost that go ahead and uh, keeps us from being wasteful. Um, so that's an idea around that, um, Matt, that I love. Um, community is so important. Think tank is so important um, because we learn from one another. Learning never stops. I don't know it all. And the first thing that I will tell anything, the only thing that I do know is that I don't know it all. And that opens me up to gain more influence from those around me. I just have to make sure I choose wisely. You are the counselor that you keep. That's appreciate the question, man. Awesome, it's Matt. Good, man. good great no question. And, yeah. and, and to even add more flavor to Matt about these mastermind groups, I definitely support mastermind groups. I mean, the team that that I was able to build around me has come from those type of organizations and those type of networking environments. I mean, Natalie, you know, was so gracious. She brought Tehran and I into the California BNI. Uh, um, and I mean, we immediately connected with people who at first, I mean, you, you're not going out thinking sell. I mean, obviously, if anyone's watched any of our show, they know that when we go to networking events, it's not to sell anything. It's actually to help others achieve their goals. Anything that comes back off of that is just a residual off of our efforts. But that's just that, right? If I mow the field and I get corn, I just it's just I just happen to get some corn. But I, I my job was to mow the field, and so we go out with that mindset. And so I gotta hail out the BNI for that because they do such a great job of that. And and I know Matt's doing big things in Orlando in Ontario uh, with masterminds. Another person, Colette Portis, with Red Development, she's got a mastermind group for business coaches that's going Amazing. crazy. Mm. And and I got to shout out all the people that's always coming out to our shows to check us out, like Jen, who never yeah. fails to be on the show uh, late or early. And she's always going to comment. Yeah. Natalie Forrest from Natalie Forrest International. Um, and, and of course, I got to shout out Mo Rock, Mo Rock from the Los Angeles Tribune, uh, because of him, this show is actually part of uh, being able to do this and we can feed our community. And and I'm saying all of this not to just take a moment to hail all these people up. Because uh, that's just part of it. But the reality is goes back to Matt's question. You know, that mastermind. This is our mastermind. You all are now part of our mastermind, along with Patty Farmer, Sharon Lecter, Amy Razor, you know, David Chrysler. All of these people are all part of our mastermind now. And so that's so powerful. To, that Great question, Matt. I love that. And thank yeah. you guys for answering that question. Love it. So good. Yeah, that, was, that was right on time, Chief. And I'm just going to say, um, on, on, to piggyback that just a bit, you know, um, when you said, you know, you got to watch who you creating your mastermind around, you have to back to the transcending people, man, let yeah. me tell you guys something. If Tehran would have told people publicly, I'm about to do a tech company. Man, people are like, you don't get up out here, man. So, right. You know, so it's like, but that transition is I no longer care. There's no desire for me convincing people of what I'm doing. I've gotten off that pedestal of thinking all my energy is in doing and the only people that i'm surrounding myself are people that are doers and they're doing yeah. but if i would have stopped to try to convince people of what i'm doing back to the capital back to the mindset back to how much do you need to know first you need to know that the funding or the capital is you and once right. you tune in it's limitless it's limitless because you're going to look at people different you're going to look at yourself different you're going to look at your goals different and what you need to do to achieve those goals different. Um, it's just so interesting seeing that transition happen, getting, trying to convince people of what you're doing versus being so committed to doing it. 
I can care less what you think about what I'm doing. I'll be back with the results of it. Right. Love it. Love it. It definitely takes us to this idea um, around just being able to just continue to push, being able to complete, being able to just push. And that's just so unique in, in, in the atmosphere that we're in right now, these economic times where we're so used to the conservative or the traditional approach to if I'm not outside, how am I meeting people? You know, to yeah. Jamal's point, um, he started and he was proactive about using efficiency to grow his relationship with people by engaging with technology that other people were mostly uncomfortable with. So, but if you can start to really open yourself up to other platforms and mindset and other groups, you'll start to infuse those efficiencies into your overall design. Um, and that's just what we need to do. Um, it's how we grow. Um, there's a difference between being planted and buried. It looks the same on the outside. I took a seed, mm. I took something else and dug a hole, put it in the ground and put some dirt on yeah. top of it. From the outside, I could I could say, you know what? That's dead, that's being buried. But on the inside, when there's darkness around and I am the seed, I get to make up in my mind, do I stay within this shell? Or do I take a chance and continue to push and break yeah. through? And then I'm in new territory. And then once I can break ground and get a little light, you can't name one tree that's actually pointing to the ground. You can't name one. They're all reaching. They're all reaching up. And so in business, we have to understand that there are growth phases in every aspect, but understand that whatever you need, you already have. That is the understanding of the foundation to build a pump. Whatever yeah. you need, you already have. So start connecting yourself and absorb the, the resources around you to grow what you're trying to. And I think, I think it's an important element for the doer to do without thinking. And mm -hmm. when we can get to that point, like Bruce, Bruce Lee has this quote about, you know, being like water, shapeless and to be able to mold. And I think that's where we all that we have that constant pursuit to be that doer without having to think about where, what we're doing, like we're actively doing it. And then also with Nick to say buried or, or, or have that seed that's been planted. We, we want to be that doer that's comfortable in the dark because we do have those times Absolutely. when we go back and we're by ourselves. We don't have our team with us. We're in the shower. We're outside. We're doing whatever. We're meditating, whatever it is. We have those moments where you're in the dark. And our, our, our thing that we want to make sure that we are, we want to make sure that we're comfortable even in the dark times or the times with all the light because we're still that same person and we still have the same potential. And we got to go get it. So it's like if you're that person that's scared to go for it. If you're that person that's having a good success, it doesn't matter. It's it's on you and it's, it's your time. You know, it's your time. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. So many, so much wisdom this morning. Thank you both so much for being with us here this morning. Nick with Flawless Credit Repair. You can uh, check him, Claude Credit, excuse me, FlawlessCreditSolutions.com <laughs> and Jamal with Pride Financial. And get, just thank you so much for the wisdom that you brought today. We can't wait to have you back on the show and just spend more time with you. You brought so much wisdom to the mindset behind entrepreneurship. And I think really at the end of the day is it comes down to beliefs and believing in ourselves because the action comes when we believe in ourselves, we believe in our vision. And when we have that belief, the people will show up that are meant to go with us. And so just thank you so much. We're happy to have you here. And uh, we hope to see you again soon. Absolutely. Thanks yeah, and really quick before they jump off. Uh, I know you guys have something going on in the con. This <clears throat> conversation is going to continue on Wednesday at six in a program that you guys have going on. And I've been invited to be a guest to be on that panel. 
Uh, uh, Nick, you want to just give them a quick outro on what that is so they know where to go and how to get yeah, that? So for everyone that's tuning in, of course, April is Financial Literacy Month. So one of the things that I will be doing is actually hosting a conversation with industry experts uh, such as Carlton, um, bringing in CEOs and the likes to talk about the importance of financial literacy. Um, and what we can do is be able to share that with you all. Um, definitely go to our website at bypcollincounty.org. Again, that's B with, as a B is in boy, bypcollincounty.org. You'll be able to register for that event. We want to see you there. And that is Wednesday um, at 6 p.m. Um, Central Time. So we will be talking about financial literacy and definitely continuing this conversation. So I will flip from my seat to Carlton's uh, seat and be able to ask him some questions in, in, in regards to how can we continue to remain sustainable and what are some of the healthy habits that we can infuse in our daily lives. So definitely hope you all can tune into that. Awesome. Thanks again for joining us, gentlemen. Appreciate that. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Fire this morning. Fire. <laughs> like their people not gonna reach out to my people my people not gonna reach out to their people i'm reaching out to them because we got some things to do definitely yeah that's right that's right uh uh and you can look forward to seeing them come back uh we're gonna have a piece on credit in about two two weeks uh next week we're gonna be talking about um business names and uh you know what's in the name mm -hmm. and then following we're gonna get into credit you know that's one of the building blocks of a business and for those of you who are just watching there's five building blocks in a business there's what we call five pillars and that's infrastructure management marketing finance and credit and so we've talked about finance today in two weeks we'll be talking about credit and so we'll probably bring nick and jamal back and get some more insights from these brothers that were able to lay in some really good information to help us grow and hopefully you took some actionable steps to start working and i think my takeaway really quick so i can wrap up is that my actionable step is you know, thinker and doer is a mixed drink for me. It's not just all ice and it's just not all glass, right? It's ice and the drink. So there's a mixture. There's you got to be a thinker and be a doer, as Terrence said. If you're only one, it's okay. That doesn't stop you. Just make sure you partner with the opposite so that you can come together and form Voltron, as Tehran likes to say. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, my tape. I mean, go ahead, Natalie. Um, I was going to say uh, mine would be the greatest investment we'll ever make in our, is in ourselves. Because even though today was about money, the bottom line is it all went back down to mindset and capital. And so where's the first place that you have to start? Well, if you don't have the mindset, it's starting with feeding our mind, believing in ourselves first and knowing that we're the greatest investment we'll ever make and we're worth it starting there. And I think that's where the action comes from. Yeah, yeah, man, you kind of stole my little thunder. I was gonna say the same thing. That's when I ran away. That's the one that really jumped out, the capital part, the human capital, and you're the greatest investment in the whole thing. So you are the bank. And once you really get that, then all the other stuff just starts to come. Yes. You know, so I just love that understanding. If I could have everybody take away anything, it would be that always remember because we'll be we'll be we'll be we will forget because of the external components in life and society that we are writing our own movie. And you're the hero of your own movie. The reason why there is a hero in the movie is because there's parts in that movie where they're not so heroic. That's what makes them heroic when they become the, the heroic thing. So you are the hero of your movie, no matter what you're going through now, no matter what mistakes you made before, you still have the pen. You're still writing. It's like, oh, I'm just in this part. Got it. Let's get to being heroic or heroinous, whatever it is. Keep winning. Keep winning. That's Thanks right.
Well, thank you all for joining us on the Better Your Business Show. We're here every Monday at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern, and 8 a.m. Pacific time. Um, don't forget to check out the Los Angeles Tribune Live, uh, which airs tonight with Mo Rock and their team. Uh, so we hope that we've answered some questions for you. Feel free to reach out to us at Pillar5.com. Always throw your questions in the bottom so we can answer them. And we'll be back with another great show coming up soon. Have a peace day. Blessed day. Enjoy the week. Thank <laughs> you.